أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد الحمد لله we've reached this mubarak 18th night of Ramadan and uh, mashallah we're recording majlis tonight from uh, New Orleans in Louisiana uh, or Louisiana, or however they say it over here, mashallah. Uh, this uh, this place is a very interesting place, mashallah. And uh, alhamdulillah, uh, Allah Ta'ala brought me here in order to look for slaughtermen to work at a halal plant so that chicken supplies in the two coasts and in the Midwest and in the north don't get disrupted. My children said, Baba, do you have to go? It's Ramadan. I said, yes, who's going to console all the little children who... Uh, you know, if the chicken supply gets cut off, they're not going to be able to have like chicken nuggets at their favorite halal restaurant. And they thought about it for a moment. They're like, yeah, that's very important, Baba, you should go. So, alhamdulillah, mashallah, if I, uh, if I uh, you know, seem to wander or seem off the ball in tonight's majlis, it's because I have not functionally slept for about two days now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make dua Allah ta'ala accept and make dua Allah ta'ala fulfill our maqasid here. And just like, fixing halal chicken supply, uh, uh, logistical issues, supply chain issues in the United States is also a function of the ummah. There are other even more grand functions of the ummah that are right now dysfunctional and need to be fixed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise the people to fix them as well. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them tawfiq. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them success. And may Allah make us into them. So we continue in Mulana Abul Hassan Ali and Nadwi's uh, saviors of the Islamic spirit, describing the the dysfunctionality in the ummah that led to and that witnessed uh, uh, the sack uh, of the Muslim heartlands by the Mongol hordes. Interestingly enough, the word horde is a Mongol word um, that is a cognate of the word Urdu. Urdu is a Mongol word. It, it means the, the combined armies. Uh, of the tribes and Urdu is uh, basically becomes the word for Lashkar in Persian for it becomes the word for an army later on and uh, Urdu is called Urdu as a language because it was uh, basically the way that people would talk, talk to each other because you have these Persian and Arab and Turkic soldiers that are ruling India and so they have certain words of their own that they bring and then they have to learn certain local words in order to buy sell and trade and that's how how Urdu, uh, Urdu happened, and just like uh, you know, just like that we made you into tribes and nations so that you may know one another. Uh, one of the meanings of which is to marry one another, just like the children of the unions of many different nations are beautiful. Uh, so, so it turns out the language, mashallah, uh, and uh. It's not just Urdu, Ottoman, Turkic, or Uzbek, or whatever. There are other languages like that. But the word horde uh, is not necessarily just purely a negative, not purely a negative word. But at any rate, uh, Mulan Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi read from his book under the subheading, The Sack of Baghdad. At last, in 656 Hijri, the myriads of savages and heathens advanced towards Baghdad killing every man that came in their way, setting fire to every habitation and trampling into dust whatever they could not possess. 
The metropolis of Islam, celebrated throughout the world as the center of civilization, learning, and crafts, was reduced to ashes. The sack of Baghdad is too harrowing and lengthy to be detailed here. The accounts given by the contemporary historians include some eyewitness accounts of the carnage and atrocities committed by the Mongols. Ibn al-Athir, who we mentioned in yesterday's majlis, uh, writes, The horrors uh, of rape and slaughter lasted for 40 days, and after the carnage was over, most of the populace in the beautiful city uh, uh, of the world uh, the beautiful city of the world was so devastated that only a few people could be seen here and there. All the streets and markets were strewn with dead bodies. Heaps of corpses were found like small mounds from place to place. After the rains, the dead bodies began to rot, giving out a disagreeable smell of the putrid flesh, and then a deadly pestilence ravaged the town, which spread as far as the land of Syria. Innumerable people died as a result of this epidemic. The ravages of a terrible famine and pestilence and the rising uh, of prices reigned over the city thereafter. Those people, those people were the were the people of Islam. Those people were, were the ones that carried for all their vices and difficulties and, 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 and problems that they had. They were the ones who carried the tradition of Islam. People forget, by the way, this is a fun question growing up in America because now I, you know, alhamdulillah, I get to get the honor and the joy of living in the world of books and in the world of ilm. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a different world. But uh, kind of the world of like MSA politics or masjid politics when you don't know Arabic, one of the fun uh, fun things that people bring up to say, oh, well, how come the Arabs aren't Hanafis? None of the Arabs are Hanafis. Um, you know, how come none of the Arabs are Hanafis? This is just the Desi Islam that you guys made up because you don't speak Arabic and you don't know what you're doing or whatever. Even though I'm not a Hanafi, but still, like, this is stuff that we would hear about the ulama as kids. And uh, you want to know where the Arab Hanafis went? <laughs> they were all bled into the ground by, by the Mongol hordes. Uh, Iraq was a completely Hanafi country. And uh, you can accuse Qadi Abu Yusuf of many things, but you can't accuse him of not being an Arabi. You can accuse Imam. Uh, you can accuse Imam Muhammad uh, of many things, but he was Shaybani, who's a tribal Arab lineage, which is most un, most uh, more than most uh, contemporary Egyptians and Syrians uh, uh, and uh, uh, others can boast uh, of nowadays. Um, they're people of tribal lineage, uh, and uh, uh, the people who are scattered in the countryside and the people who are left here and there, they're the ones who Allah chose to carry the deen to the to the next generation. Otherwise, the people in the cities were completely destroyed. And this is, uh, uh, you know, a beautiful uh, gift also that the people of the Maghrib had is that they never had to experience this. Um, they did go through many difficulties, but this type of complete desolation of their all of their metropoli uh, in the Maghrib, it, I, I don't recall it ever happened. The only place it happened was somewhere like Andalus, and sadly, it was never recovered, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Maghrib al-Aqsa, what we call Morocco nowadays, Algeria, Tunis, uh, they went through a lot of difficulties in, in French colonization, but they never went to anything like this. Mu'an Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi continues, Tajuddin ibn Subki uh, gives his own account of the barbaric acts of the Mongols. Uh, Halaku received the uh, Caliph al-Musta'asim in a tent, while Ibn uh, Alqami invited the doctors of religion and other notables uh, uh, of the city to be a witness of the agreement between Halaku and uh, the Caliph. So it's interesting in Urdu and in, in, in uh, uh, Persian and in Arabic, his name is written as Halaku. Uh, the name is actually Ulegu. 
uh, uh, Ulegu is, is a Mongol name. And I think that one of the reasons they write Halaku may be because there's not a gaf in Arabic, but I think one of the reasons they write it as Halaku is also a play on words because the word Halak in in uh, uh, Arabic is is to, to, to kill or to die. Uh, uh, and that's what he was to them. He was death. And uh, um, when the Mongols destroyed the people of a city, they did so quite derisively and mockingly and uh, with a lot of arrogance. They said that we are the Allah that you worship, we are the ones that he sent to destroy you because of your sins. Which is a very arrogant thing for a person to say, even if it is true, even if it is true uh, in a taqwini sense. But, you know, when they did it, they did it as an act of disobedience. Uh, and ultimately, Allah is the compeller that makes the disobedient, uh, allows them to be disobedient and allows the, 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 the good person to be the good person. So the Khalifa is Musta'asim and Ibn Al-Qami is a Shiite prime minister that uh, Ibn al-Alqami invited the doctors uh, of religion and other notables of the city to be witness to the agreement between Halaku and the Caliph. When they had repaired, the Mong repaired to the Mongol camp, all were passed under the sword. They were all called one by one in a tent and beheaded until none of the chiefs and counselors of the Caliph remained alive. It was commonly believed if the blood of the Caliph fell on the ground, some calamity would overtake the world. Halaku was therefore hesitant, but Nasiruddin Tusi uh, 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 intervened to suggest that the problem could be easily solved, the caliph should be killed. He suggested in a way that his blood did not fall on the ground. The caliph was accordingly rolled into a carpet and then beaten to death. Isn't that special? Uh, there's a footnote here. An Iranian historian confirms the incident in his book, Ahwalu Ahthare Khaja Nasiruddin Tusi, which has been published by the Tehran University. He says that, Tusi was uh, at last successful in his endeavor to dismember the caliphate. Nasiruddin Tusi was a great uh, scholar and alim and thinker of the Shiite tradition. And uh, uh, he, he was one of the first people to go over to the Mongol side and offered to be their guide in the destruction and dismemberment of the, the caliphate in the Muslim world. Um, which is sadly not an aspersion to put against all Shias, but uh, uh, this sectarian animus does uh, exist. Uh, uh, and uh, sadly, this era, which has wanted to deny that, has seen it uh, come to pass in places like Yemen and Syria. Uh, and may Allah Ta'ala be our protection. He said that Tusi was at last successful in his endeavor to dismember the caliphate and reduce the castle of the caliph to dust. Halaku had already been commissioned by his brother, Khakan Monki, to put an end to the caliphate after destroying the Batanis, uh, after destroying the, uh, the, the assassins. Uh, Hulegu uh, sent uh, messages of submission to the caliph, which, however, remained unheeded. Uh, um, thereafter, Hulegu consulted his counselors on to whether or not the stars were favorable for mounting attack. Uh, a Sunni astrologer, which I don't know what that means, but a Sunni astrologer, uh, Hassan al-Din, uh, by name, advised Hulegu that the time was most inappropriate for launching attack on Baghdad, and anyone who desired to harm the caliph at that hour would be defeated and suffer a grievous loss. Hissam al-Din said that if Hulegu persisted in his attempt, there would be no rains, torrents, and hurricanes uh, will def uh, devastate the world. Uh, what is more, the Khaqan would be dead. Uh, Halaku was dismayed, but he asked Tusi, what would happen if I attacked Baghdad? Nothing, replied Tusi, except the Khan will be monarch in place of the Caliph. Thereupon Hulegu uh, ordered uh, Tusi and Hissam al-Din to debate the issue in front of him. Thousands of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were killed, argued Tulsi, but nothing happened. Even if you uh, attribute any special piety and charismatic power to the Abbasids, look at 
Bahir who killed Amin under the orders of Mamun or Mutawakkal who was strangled to death by his own sons and slaves, or else uh, Mus- uh, uh, Muntasir and uh, 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 Mu'tavid who were uh, done to death by their chiefs and guards. Did calamity ever overtake the world? Uh, which is, uh, I mean, sad that's something that happened that the Muslim world should own up to, that there was a large number of people crossed over and aided the Mongols and their sectarian animus to, to destroy uh, and kill uh, literally hundreds of thousands of Muslims. Mulan Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi continues with the main text. The general massacre continued in Baghdad for more than a month. Only those uh, could save themselves were able to find uh, were those who f- were able to find a hiding place. Uh, Hulegu then uh, ordered, it is related, to count the dead, who numbered 1,800,000. Christians were asked to take bacon and wine publicly. Although it was the month of Ramadan, the Muslims of Baghdad were compelled to participate in these drinking bouts. Wine was sprinkled in the mosques and the call for prayer was prohibited. Nothing so despicable had happened since the foundation of Baghdad was laid. The city had come under heathen rule for the first time and had never before undergone such a humiliation. This is our misfortune that we get to see it happen again. In spite of all its vices and weaknesses, Baghdad was the metropolis of Islam, a center of learning, arts, and crafts, as well as a city of mosques and shrines, saints, and preachers. Its its destruction made uh, the heart of every Muslim bleed. The heart-rending account of its ruin was rendered by many poets into songs of mourning. Saadi Shirazi, uh, the canonical poet of the Persian language, who had lived in Baghdad during his student days, and had seen the city in its heyday of glory, has described the fall of Baghdad in a language that shows the depth of misery. For it has seen the kingdom of uh, Mustasim destroyed. The heavens would be justified if it shed the uh, uh, rain uh, uh, in the rain tears of blood. If you will rise on the day of judgment, O Muhammad wasalam, uh, rise now to see uh, the most severe affliction. The blood of beauty slaughtered in the castle overflows the gates of the palace, and our tears uh, stain our garments. Beware of the turn of time and its vicissitudes, for who uh, knew the glorious would come to such an abrupt end? Lo, you had seen the glory of the house of caliphs, where Caesars and Haqqans bowed low in uh, obeisance. The blood of the progeny of Muhammad's uncle, alayhi salam, is shed on the very earth where sultans placed their heads. Colored with blood, the water of Tigris will turn uh, the ground red. If it flows to irrigate uh, the desert oasis of Ba'tha, uh, 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 of the Ba'tha Afwan, defaced by the calamity it has had to suffer, wrinkles of waves are seen in the face of the Tigris. No elegy is really befitting the elevated souls whose minimum reward is the bliss of God in paradise. I am shedding my tears only in sympathy, for Muslims they were, and I hold them dear. Mulana continues, from Baghdad, the Mongol hordes marched to Halab, Aleppo, sacked the city, and then turned to Damascus. They captured Damascus in Jamal al-Ula uh, uh, of 658 Hijri. The Christian inhabitants of the city came out with presents to greet the conquerors. Ibn Kathir, who belonged to Damascus, has portrayed the joy of the Christians and the helplessness of the Muslims in these words. The Christians came back by the gates of Toma, carrying the cross over their heads and shouting slogans. They were praising Christianity and opening, uh, openly disparaging Islam and Muslims. They had flasks of wine from which they sprinkled liquor in front of the mosques 
and on the faces of Muslims that they happened to pass by, ordering the Muslims to pay homage to their emblem. Muslims could not restrain themselves for long and gathered in large numbers and pushed them back to the Cathedral of Mary, where a Christian clergy delivered a speech praising Christianity and then denigrating Islam and its followers. End quote. Thereafter, Ibn Kathir continues his description on the authority of Zaylul uh, 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 Mir'ah. Uh, the Christians uh, then entered the mosque with wine in their hands. They intended to pull down a number of mosques uh, in uh, in case the reign of Tartars continued for some time more. The ulama, Qadis, and other Muslim notables repaired to the citadel uh, of the Tatar governor, uh, uh, El-Sian, uh, to make complaint about the excesses of the Christians, but they were turned out by him. El-Sian, however, uh, gave a hearing to the Christians Verily unto God do we belong, and unto him shall we return. After the fall of Syria, the Mongols wanted to carry their arms to Egypt, which was the only Muslim country still out of their reach. The Sultan of Egypt, uh, Al-Malik Al-Muzaffar Saifuddin Qutuz, knew that his country would be the next target of the Mongols. Uh, Saifuddin Qutuz was, by the way, a Mamluk slave king and a, a very incredible individual. Uh, and... Also, uh, that it would be difficult to hold off uh, those savages if they were allowed to make adequate preparations for invading his lands. He therefore decided to attack the Mongols in Syria before they were able to consolidate their power. The forces of Egypt accordingly met the Mongols at Ain Jalut, a town uh, uh, below Nazareth in Palestine, uh, on the 25th of Ramadan, uh, uh, 658 uh, Hijri under the command of Babers, Rukun al-Din al-Malak al-Muzaffar, who was mentioned in the previous chapters as being uh, uh, one of the kings who showed great uh, uh, love and favor to Sultan al-Ulama Izzil bin Abdus Salam. He said that uh, it, that they at Ain Jalut, the town below Nazareth in Palestine, uh, on the twenty-fifth of Ramadan. Uh, in 658 Hijri, under the command of Babers, mashallah. See, some people have luck when they go out in the path of Allah in the month of Ramadan, mashallah. Uh, um, and Babers, uh, who afterward became the sovereign of Egypt. Unlike previous battles, the Muslims met the Mongols in a hotly contested battle and drove back the stream uh, of the savage hordes. The Egyptians pursued the defeated Mongols, slaughtering and capturing a large number of them eastward, beyond the Euphrates. Uh, Suyuti writes in Tarikh al-Khulafa, the Muslims were, by the grace of God, victorious, and they inflicted a grievous defeat uh, on the Tatars. A large number of Tatars were put to the sword. The retreating Tatars were so disheartened that people easily caught hold of them and despoiled them of their possessions. Sultan Babers defeated the Tatars in uh, many a fierce battle after Ain Jalut, and thus disproved the proverb that the, the proverb that the Tatars were invincible. Uh, and Mulana, mashallah, uh, perhaps in his class he uh, he doesn't mention uh, in Ain Jalut uh, uh, you know uh, the Mongol commander Kitbuka uh, who was deputed by Halaku uh, by Hulegu to uh, lead the Mongol horde while he was recalled to Karakoram for Kurultai for their like big Mongol tribal pan tribal mashra um, uh, not only did they defeat him, they they basically routed the army. They decimated it. They didn't. None of it escaped, or very little of it escaped. And he sent Qutbuka's uh, uh, head to uh, to Ulegu as a as a gift on a plate. Uh, this is not prophetic conduct, nor do I know it to be jais in the Sharia. But uh, uh, sometimes uh, a 
person has to intimidate their enemies, especially an enemy that is so savage as to kill women and children. And I say this not because I have any animus against the Mongols. What did they know? They came out of the steppe, uh, uh, brutalized by the Chinese and by their intercessant warfare. And so they were people who were hard-hearted and who were accustomed to brutality uh, as a way of life because nobody showed them mercy ever. Um, and you'll see later on, they will. The next subheading is the conversion of the Mongols to Islam. That that they, that they you know every every human being you know has a potential to uh, be a, a real crazy customer and has potential to be someone beloved to Allah and uh, but sometimes you need to give a person a shock in order to in order to get them to calm down uh, otherwise the the bloodletting will keep going until no end. The conversion of the Mongols, Islam was about to be submerged in the whirlpool of Mongol ardor. Uh, 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 for slaughter and destruction, as many Muslim writers had then ex expressed the fear, wiping it out of existence. But Islam suddenly began to capture the hearts of the uh, savage Tatars once at once. The preachers of Islam thus accomplished a task which the sword arms of the faith had failed to perform by carrying the message of Islam to the barbaric hordes of the heathen Mongols. Conversion of the Mongols to Islam was indeed one of the few unpredictable events of history. The Tataric wave of conquest, which had swept away the entire Islamic East in, within a short period of one year, was in truth uh, not so astounding as the Mongols' acceptance of Islam during the zenith of their glory. For the Muslims had, by the beginning of the 7th century uh, uh, of the Muslim era, imbibed all of those vices that are nat the natural outcome of opulence, luxury, and fast living. The Mongols were, on the other hand, a wild and ferocious yet vigorous and sturdy race who could have hardly been expected to submit to the spiritual and cultural superiority of the people so completely subdued by them and who were uh, uh, also so looked down and despised by them. The author of Preaching Islam, T.W. Arnold, had also expressed his amazement over the achievement of this unbelievable feat. Quote, But Islam was to rise again from the ashes of its former grandeur and through its preachers win over these savage conquerors to the acceptance of faith. This was a task for the missionary energies of Islam that was rendered more difficult from the fact that there were two powerful competitors in the field. The spectacle of Buddhism, Christianity, and Islam emulously striving to win the allegiance of the fierce conquerors that had set their feet on the necks of the adherents of these great missionary religions is one that is without parallel in the history of the world. For Islam to enter into competition with such powerful rivals as Buddhism and Christianity were at the outset, uh, period, uh, outset of the period of Mongol rule uh, must have appeared uh, well-nigh hopeless uh, as an undertaking. For the Muslims had suffered more from the storm of Mongol invasions than others. Those cities that had hitherto been the rallying point of spiritual organization and learning for Islam in Asia had been for the most part laid in ashes. The theologians and pious doctors of the faith either slain or carried away into captivity. Among the Mongol rulers, usually so tolerant toward all religions, there were some who exhibited varying degrees of hatred toward the Muslim faith. Chinggis Khan uh, uh, ordered all those who killed animals in the Muhammadan fashion to be put to death, uh, and this ordinance was revived by Kublai, who, by offering uh, uh, rewards to informers, set on foot a sharp persecution that lasted for seven years. As many poor persons took advantage of this ready means of gaining wealth and slaves, accused their master, um, uh, uh, accused their masters in order to gain their freedom. 
during the reign of Kuyuk, uh, who left the conduct of affairs entirely to his two Christian ministers, and whose court was filled with Christian monks, Mohammedans were made to suffer great severities. Arhun, the fourth Ilkhan, persecuted uh, the Muslims and took away from them all posts in the departments of justice and finance and forbade them to appear at his court. In spite of all difficulties, however, the Mongols and the savage tribes that followed in their wake were at length brought to submit to the faith of those Muslim peoples whom they had crushed beneath their feet. Unbelievable and far-reaching uh, far reaching significance, although the conversion of the Mongols to Islam had been, it is also not less surprising that extremely few and scanty records of this glorious achievement are to be found in the annals of that time. The names of only a few dedicated saviors of Islam who proselytized uh, uh, from the hordes are known to the world, but their venture was no less daring nor the achievement less significant than the accomplishment of the warriors of the faith. Their memory shall always be enriched by the gratitudes of Muslims, uh, for they had laid in reality, uh, uh, for they had in reality uh, performed a great service to the humanity in general and the Muslims in particular by diffusing the knowledge of faith among those barbarians, winning them over to the service of one God and making them the standard bearers of the Apostle of Peace. After Chinggis Khan, uh, uh, his death, the great heritage of that Mongol conqueror was divided into four dominions headed by um, the offspring of his sons. The message of Islam had begun to spread amongst all of these four sections of the Mongols who were rapidly converted to the faith. In regard to the conversion of the ruling princess uh, in the line of Batu, the son of Chinggis Khan's firstborn, Jochi, uh, who ruled in the western portion as Khan of the Golden Horde, uh, writes Arnold, Quote, the first Mongol ruling prince who had professed Islam was Baraka Khan. His Mongol name was Berke, and he, then he took the Muslim name Baraka, who was a chief of the Golden Horde from 1256 till 1267. According to uh, Abul Ghazi, he was converted after he had come to the throne. He is said one day to have fallen in with a caravan coming from Bukhara uh, and taking two of the merchants aside to have questioned them on the doctrines of Islam. And they expounded to him their faith so persuasively that he became converted in all sincerity. He first revealed his change of faith to his youngest brother, whom he induced to follow his example, and then made open profession of his new belief. Baraka Khan entered into a close alliance with the Mamluk Sultan of Egypt, Ruknuddin Babers, again, a very Mubarak person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on all of them and raise their rank. The initiative came from the latter who had given a hospitable reception to a body of troops, 200 in number, belonging to the Golden Horde. These men, observing the growing enmity between their Khan and Hulegu, the uh, uh, conqueror of Baghdad. So Barke and, and Hulegu uh, were kind of had some beef brewing uh, as well. Uh, uh, observing the growing enmity between uh, their Khan and Hulegu, the conqueror of Baghdad, in whose army uh, uh, they were serving, they took flight to Syria, uh, whence they were honorably conducted to Cairo in the court of Babers, who pervaded the, per, persuaded them to embrace Islam. Babers himself was at war with Hulegu, uh, whom he had recently defeated and driven out of Syria. He sent two uh, of uh, the Mongol fugitives with some other envoys to bear a letter to Baraka Khan. On their return, these envoys reported that each princess and emir at the court of Baraka Khan had an imam and mu'adhan, and the children were taught uh, the Quran in the schools. These friendly relations between Babers and Baraka Khan brought many 
uh, of the Mongols uh, of the Golden Horde to Egypt, where they were prevailed upon to become Muslims, end quote. And uh, uh, this is also something history records that Babers married uh, Baraka's uh, daughter. Uh, Mulana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi continues, Hulegu had founded the dynasty of the Ilkhans in Iran, to which he later added a great part of Asia Minor. Uh, Arnold relates the conversion of this branch of Chinggis Khan's progeny in these worlds. Quote, in Persia, where Hulegu founded the dynasty of the Ilkhans, the uh, progress of Islam amongst the Mongols was much slower. In order to strengthen himself against the attacks of Baraka Khan and the Sultan of, e the Sultan of Egypt, Hulegu had accepted the alliance of the Christian powers of the East, such as the King of Armenia and the Crusaders. His favorite wife was a Christian who favorably disposed uh, the mind of her husband toward her co-religionists, and uh, his son, uh, Abaka Khan, uh, married the daughter of the Emperor of Constantinople. His brother, uh, uh, Takudar, who uh, succeeded him, was the first of the Ilkhans who embraced Islam. He had been brought up as a Christian, for as a contemporary Christian writer tells us, he was baptized when young and called by the name of Nicholas. But when he uh, had grown up, through his uh, uh, communication with the Saracens, of whom he was very fond, he became a base Saracen, renouncing the Christian faith, and wished to be called Muhammad Khan, not to be confused with a number of people of the same uh, appellation in uh, on Divan. I wished to be called Muhammad Khan and strove with all his might that the Tartars should be converted to the faith and sect of Muhammad wasallam. And when they proved obstinate, not daring to force them, he brought about their conversion by giving them honors and favors and gifts, so that in his time many Tatars were converted to the faith of the Saracens. This prince sent the news of his conversion to the Sultan of Egypt in the following letter, by the power of God Almighty, the mandate of Ahmed uh, uh, to uh, the Sultan of Egypt, God Almighty, praised be his name, by his grace, preventing us, and by the light of his guidance, hath uh, guided us in our early youth and vigor into the true path of the knowledge of his uh, deity and the confession of his unity to bear witness that Muhammad wasallam is the messenger of Allah and to the reverence uh, 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 of his saints and pious servants whom God shall please to guide the man's uh, chest will open up to Islam. We cease not to incline our hearts toward the promotion of the faith and the improvement of the condition of Islam and the Muslims up to the time when the success, succession of the empire came to us from our illustrious father and brother. God spread over us the glory of his grace and kindness, so that in the abundance of his favors our hopes were realized, and he revealed to us the bride of the kingdom, and he was brought forth to us a noble spouse. Kurultai, or general assembly, was convened, wherein our brothers, our sons, great nobles, generals of the army, and captains of the forces met to hold counsel, and they were all agreed on carrying out the order of our elder brother uh, to summon uh, here a vast levy of our troops whose numbers would make the earth, despite its vastness, appear too narrow, whose fury and fierce onset would fill the hearts of men with fear, being animated with a courage before which the mountain peaks would bow down, and a firm purpose that makes the hardest rocks grow soft. We reflected on this, the resolution which expressed the wish of all, and we concluded that it ran counter to the aim that we had in view, to promote the common uh, welfare, i.e. to strengthen the ordinance of Islam, uh, never as far as lies in our power to issue any order 
that will not tend to prevent bloodshed, remove the ills of men, and cause the breeze of peace and prosperity to blow on the lands and the kings of other countries to rest upon the couch of uh, affection and benevolence, whereby the commandment, command of, of God will be honored and mercy will be shown to the people of God. Herein God inspired uh, us to quench this fire and put an end to these terrible calamities and make known to those who advance this uh, proposal of a levy uh, what it is that God had put into our hearts to do, namely uh, uh, to employ all possible means uh, for the healing of all the sickness of the world and putting off uh, what should uh, only be appealed to as a last remedy. Uh, for we desire not to hasten to appeal to arms until we have first declared the right path and will permit it only after setting forth the truth and establishing it with proofs. Our resolve to carry out whatever happens to us good and advantageous has been strengthened by the counsels of the Sheikh al-Islam, the, mo the model of uh, the divines who has given us much assistance in religious matters. We have appointed our Chief Justice Qutbuddin, the Atabek Bahauddin, uh, both trustworthy persons of this flourishing kingdom, to make known to you our course of action and bear witness to our good intentions for the commonwealth of the uh, 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 of the Muslims, and to make it known that God has enlightened us and that Islam annuls all that has gone before it, and that God Almighty has put in our hearts to follow the truth and those who practice it. If some convincing proof be required, uh, let men uh, observe our actions. By the grace of God, we have raised aloft the standards of faith and bore witness to it in all our orders and our practice, so that the ordinances uh, of the law of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam may be brought forth and firmly established in accordance with the principles of justice laid down by Ahmad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whereby we have filled the hearts of the people with joy have granted free pardon to all offenders and shown them indulgences, saying, May God pardon the past. We have reformed all matters concerning the pious endowments of Muslims given for mosques, colleges, charitable institutions, and the rebuilding of caravansarais. Uh, we have restored their incomes to those uh, whom they were due according to the terms laid down by their donors. We have ordered the pilgrims to be treated respect with respect. Uh, provisions be made for their caravans and for securing their safety on the pilgrim routes we have given perfect freedom to merchants traveling from one country to another, that they may go wherever they please, and we have strictly prohibited our soldiers and police from interfering with them in their coming or going. He seeks the alliance of the Sultan of Egypt, so that these countries and cities may again be populated, these terrible calamities be put down, and the sword be returned to the scabbard, and that all people may dwell in peace and quietness, and the necks of the Muslims be freed from the ills of humiliation and disgrace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, this is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-qulubu bayna isbe'i ar-Rahman yuqallibuha kayfa yasha' that the hearts are between the two fingers of ar-Rahman, of the most merciful, and he turns them however he wishes. Look at these people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this in their hearts. Look at what must have been the faith and the ikhlas of those who brought the message to them, and what must have been the ikhlas of those people also who, knowing that they had uh, basically a foot against the neck of the entire world, uh, caused them to choose the path of righteousness and uh, to turn away from bloodshed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless uh, our hearts with such change and bless the hearts of our enemies also their hearts with such change so that we can benefit and they can benefit. 
is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that one of the things that will make Allah laugh on the Day of Judgment is when two people meet each other in Jannah, a killer and his victim. Uh, uh, the killer, the victim will obviously be in Jannah because he was killed in Zulm. And uh, uh, then he'll ask the killer, how did you get here? He said, well, after you died, you know, after I killed you, I thought about stuff and I thought, you know, uh, fighting against the, the deen and against the Muslims and being uh, just a murderous barbarian is kind of a bogus deal. So I should probably change my life for the better and try to, you know, do something good with my life. And so I made Toba and I made good on my Toba and look, uh, it brought me here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is the only one who can heal such rifts that otherwise are uh, un unhealable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from his grace and from his fadl such a healing that we should see these types of miracles happen in front of our eyes in great numbers and that the brokenness of the world uh, can be healed again through people's peace and by through people's sincerity and through people's humility and through people's love of what's good rather than their love of their own nafs and their own indulgence. Allah ta'ala give tawfiq wa sallallahu ta'ala wa rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.